I'm Sarah Tasker. I'm Jen Carrington. And this is Letters from a Hopeful Creative. Hi, Jen. Happy New Year. Hi, Sarah. Happy New Year. I am very excited. Also, if everyone's thinking like Jen sounds a bit funky, it's because I'm a little under the weather. So I'm a little, my throat's a bit funny. So that's why I may sound. It's all good. You just sound a little bit extra sexy. It's all good. But we are excited to record our first episode of the year. We're actually gonna we're gonna maybe switch things up a tiny bit this year. We're kind of gonna see how it feels. We're still gonna do letters. Number one like request of listeners today is if you have a we're like collecting fresh letters for 2024. So if you have a letter that you would love us to dive into in an upcoming episode, please do submit through the form that'll be in the show notes because we as always like the heart the beating heart of this show is answering your letters and diving into them. But we thought now and again we might switch things up with a little bit more of a like business bestie chat a bit these are the conversations that I love to listen to other people have is like what's going on in your business and how are you feeling and what's working and what isn't and we do this every single month in like a lot of detail in our private episode where we kind of recap our month in our business and we go into like we're just a lot more vulnerable in there when you say Sarah and we share a lot more we had this like last month we had this big conversation about like money and like everything and so yeah sometimes this year we might have these business bestie chats like we're gonna have today we thought today we would kind of share with you some of our like goals and desires for the year and how we're working towards them and yeah so what are you thinking Sarah? Uh you said it all (laughs) (laughs) said all my things yeah I I think it's going to be fun for us to experiment a little bit more with this podcast this year because we've both kind of been having the, the same thought of like we've been doing this format for a long time now we know this works but there's so many other things that we could also maybe do with you guys that might also work. So just having a bit of fun with it, playing with it, trying some different things. Um, so we would really like to hear as well from you about what you might want to hear more about or if something resonates or anything that you kind of have to share. We're very much led at the moment just by the numbers so we can look at which episodes are performing the best but the direct feedback really helps as well because sometimes the impact isn't just something you can see in the stats. Exactly. And sometimes I always just think Sometimes like, always <laughs> <laughs> Like create the content you want to listen to. Like if I'm ever stuck, I'm like, well, what would I want? And I'm like, I want to hear more honest conversations about being a human in the world and a business owner in the world. Like I the, the internet is filled with so much advice but if that advice was good enough then no one would feel stuck ever you know what I mean like we don't I don't think many of us actually need more advice to move forward towards our goals we need more like support and encouragement and just to feel less alone also yeah and compassion and yeah absolutely agree and that's I mean that's really why we buy any kind of support online isn't it whether you buy a class or like a book or whatever it's to have someone curate that advice for you and give you the bits that actually will help and then hold your hand hopefully while you work your way through it and that's what podcasts definitely do for me that's what community does for me that's what the online stuff does for me so hopefully we can continue to offer that and maybe expand the ways we offer that to people through this yeah And you and I are also, I think, in a very interesting 
like I, this is my 10th year of business it must be the same for you because yeah. you were my first ever client <laughs> so like yeah we're like it's the we're entering what do you do when you're entering year 10 like I think that's like an interesting question I sit with of like in what ways does being a decade into business give you like a really steady foundation and in what ways do you have to keep reinventing and keep trying new things and keep pouring new energy into it so I think you know hopefully we can both share the perspective of a lot of years of experience but also it's not like we're just stopping and not trying anything new or challenging ourselves in new ways it's just that we have the perspective of the journey so far to help us kind of intentionally move into the next direction too where did you think you would be in 10 years like right at the beginning did you have an idea of what it would feel like to be 10 years down the line of success I think I had assumed I would have like more of a retirement set up by now (laughs) Like, I think it's wild. I probably thought I wouldn't have been this far ahead and I probably would have in some ways thought I would have been further ahead. Like 10 years sounds like a long amount of time. So I think if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh, I definitely will have bought a home in 10 years. (laughs) Have not, still proudly renting. (laughs) Like, but if you'd have told me how I've consistently made a very thriving income, like if you'd have told me 10 years ago that a few years into my business, it was in a place where Alex could quit his day job, like, I wouldn't have believed that. Do you know what I mean? Like if you'd have told me that I only work eight to 10 hours a week, like there's so many things I wouldn't have believed, but I I do think in some ways it's like, also I haven't done these like big, massive things that you'd assume you do in 10 years either. Like there's been massive growth and also there's been like tiny incremental growth. What about you? Yeah. I mean, you did tell me actually, you were like, Rory's going to be able to quit his job. You're going to be able to make this much money a year. And I remember the numbers, I don't know, you was, you said like, you'd be able to have a six figure business. And like, that was so inconceivable to me. Like that, even the idea of what that, what that amount of money meant was so inconceivable to me. I was like, that's just impossible. That's just like, I can't even envision what my life would look like, like that. And then now on the other side of that, like, oh, my life actually looks a lot the same. <laughs> It's just like more comfortable now. And yeah, like, so I don't know, that probably sounds wanky. Take that bit out. <laughs> Take the whole bit out, no, Alex. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did say it to me and I couldn't conceive what it would look like. And so now on the other side of that, like having adjusted to different realities, financial realities, and just the way my life has changed in so much for the better. But I think I did think that the other side of that, like once you've made that amount of money, that's it. You're set for life. You're secure like that work is done. I think I would have believed that back then. And now I know that's that's never true. Like you're always having to evolve and become the next version of yourself, not only for financial incentive reasons, but for your own fulfillment. And that question of like, what happens when you achieve all of your goals and all your dreams, because you think you'll get there and that's it. And you'll just sit back and go, ah, oh, and I'm happy now. And of course that's not what happens is you still have to have things to strive for and motivate you. So yeah, I think those have been the bits that have been not disappointing, but you know, a bit like you get there and you're like, are you kidding me? Now I want to do more things. And I suspect <laughs> that that will continue for life for all of us. I also think like listen to you say that, like, I feel like sometimes it's so easy to forget when we wanted what we had yeah. now. Like sometimes I'm like, if you'd have gone back 10 years ago and told me that like my business was going to build to a place where like it was our family income and it allowed us to like, when we have a kid, like my husband was able to be a stay-at-home dad, like the like it allows me to manage my health in a really sustainable way. Like it's a lot like like it allowed us to go on lots of amazing trips before we had our son. And like it allowed me to live like for the past 10 years, it's allowed me to live this really beautiful, intentional life. And yeah, there's been hard moments and ups and downs. Like 
I think it's even easy for me just to take for granted the things I could only have dreamed of 10 years ago. And I would say like my entrepreneurial spirit is still very alive and well, like I don't take any of it for granted. Like I, I'm about to file my tax return for the one that's due at the end of January. And so for the tax year, like it's really always really weird when you're filing a tax return for like a tax year that already ended like almost a year ago and it's my best tax return ever like it, I, I it was my like it, I had every year's close to that but it just happens to be my best tax year ever and it's like but I still feel like well let's come on then let's see like not that I want to keep having my best tax years ever because I'm I'm honestly very I, I really find a lot of peace in just like setting an enough number and like having that in my business but it's not like because I've had really great years in my business that I just assume it's going to automatically happen again without me putting the work in if that makes sense like I never feel like I'm just going to sit back and coast because I always still have that like okay well you got to keep and it's not like I'm hustling all the time like I'm I lean on my business's stability, but I, I, it's like what you're saying. It's like, even after 10 years, it's not like, we're just like, okay, I can sit back and the business is just going to take care of itself. Yeah. And I think I thought maybe that would be the case, like by this point, but I think part of the reason it's not is because I don't think we want it to be. Well, it's interesting as I look ahead to the future, like 10 years from now, I hope I've made very particular at least 10 to 15 years from now there are specific decisions I want to make that 20 something me didn't care about in terms like this just was too much like in my 20s I was like I'm going to spend as much money as I can on going on the trips I want to go on like living the life I want to live and maybe it's just like okay I'm in my 30s now like i I don't know if over the next like decade we will make different type of decisions that does set us up for more long-term stability does that make sense like I think we're moving into those decades of our life where we're going to start making those decisions but I'm really okay with the fact that I haven't up until this point because I lived my life how I wanted to but because at some point at some point if we're lucky enough to live this long like we will need to retire at some point so it's like and we'll probably want to I imagine at some point oh yeah I want to be like a retiree and like just chill the hell out I don't know what I'm gonna do when I'm retired but like oh yeah I I don't want to work forever that does not sound I don't mean that I don't want to not create I hope like when I'm whenever the day comes that I retire I hope I'm maybe writing still and creating but I don't want forever to have to work to like meet my financial needs like I definitely have my eyes on like when I'm older I want to be taking I want to make sure my retirement is in place that I'm just like okay my needs like the working my working years took care of my older age years that's definitely a goal of mine and I think I've got like it's essential because there's the social safety net in terms of like the state pension and like just the way society is set up like we're going to need that in place just to survive yeah absolutely I think everyone's going to need something like that exactly okay shall we get in i feel like all these things we're talking about will probably come up yeah i basically text sarah this morning and was like okay here's what we're talking about in today's episode and i said okay (laughs) great thank you i've said to sarah this year i'm like so we came back last it was only last april that we came back to this show sarah i think it was april so we're not even at a year yet are we no and like last year I'm so proud of us because it was such a big deal to come back to it and make space for it again especially for me I was the hold up for all those years and then last year like we were consistent but in a really chill way and then I said to you this morning I was like I'm gonna drive you crazy this year so I was like we are gonna give like energy to letters from a hopeful creative we're gonna have fun with it like we're gonna show up for it and I'm gonna drive you crazy because I'm gonna text you if I did and you were like that's fine Jen. 
That's like, what I, I was this, like, be my personal trainer, but for the podcast, like, just be on me. That's what I need. <laughs> That's the thing, like, we kind of, like, I'm the, like, Sarah and I have these, like, our relationship is basically, Sarah wakes up one day to, like, 20 texts from me of just, like, me, like, pouring a load of ideas into you. Like I've I've got all these ideas and like all these things and you're like cool but then for like what three years I was like I'm not recording the podcast I'm too tired from parenting. <laughs> so, and, uh, was cool I think too. this year now that I'm like up for it I think we we might create more episodes than ever this year. I hope so. I I'm totally up for it because doing this with you is so fun and easeful and it's always a yes mm-hmm. for me like there's never a day mm-hmm. when I wake up and see this in my calendar and think oh no it's always like oh great I've got like a gen day so yeah exactly yeah okay well we said but well i said (laughs) i'm I'm the dictator (laughs) we said that for this episode we would just share with you like what our desires and goals are for the year to hopefully just give you an idea of what we're working on this year and then so from throughout the year we kind of update you on what we're working on or what's going well or what isn't you kind of have like a foundation of what we're focusing on in our business this year and so we've brought five to share with you or we will be sarah was like i was like sarah i've made a, t- a list and you were like yeah yeah jen i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna hear your list and then because I, I have lots of ideas and thoughts and plans for the year i've just maybe not formalized it into a five-point agenda yet <laughs> okay shall i go first and we'll just alternate our five desires and goals for the year yeah you better had yeah <laughs> okay so my first one and it sounds pretty boring but it's the most important desire and goal of my year and every year which is just pouring into my clients pouring into the people inside my group program your simple and spacious business and like in brackets like just any other small offers that I run throughout the year too but like the beating heart of my business is my client work and the simple and spacious business members because your simple and spacious business is a lifetime program so when someone joins that program they're in it for as long like for the lifetime of me running this program which will be hopefully many years to come so that's where I'm spending the most of my energy each week on inboxer with clients when I have calls with clients I have calls one month a quarter in your simple spacious business whether that's the office hours or the resources I'm creating or the slack that is like the most important place that I prioritize my energy and like that's always number one on my to-do list because it's where I'm putting the most hours in but also if I'm not pouring into that and giving my best to that the business is dead do you know what I mean like the business only thrives if the work that I'm getting paid for and the work that I'm prioritizing is where I'm doing my best work so it's it sounds like a boring one but without it I don't even have a business like it's the most important one is just pouring into clients pouring into your simple and spacious business and just doing my very best work this year is always my goal. What about you? What is what is goal number one for you? Well, I mean, obviously now I have to say the same. <laughs> I can't be like, well, I'm not, I don't really need to do that one. No, obviously that one. And I think it's a good reminder that actually before we start making any plans for new things to build or grow or change, we still have to do the accounting for the things that we want to keep. And this is the main thing. It's that deliver surprise and delight, like not only deliver on our promises to people, but how can we also give them surprise and delight and exceed expectations wherever possible? That's always the thing that fills me up the most. And in my Substack in Entre New, we were doing the year compass booklet. If any of you guys know it, it's like a free booklet that is released every year for you to review the year just finishing and and build kind of goals and and ideals for the year to come. And one of the questions it always asks in there is like, what did you do for a, to make a better tomorrow? And that's just something mm. that makes the world a little bit better the next day than than it was before. And for me. I always think it's it's the help, it's the support, 
that I can offer to people. Obviously, there are also sometimes when I literally build something that I think this is, you know, going to do more than that. But even then, the end result is me just trying to make people feel less alone, reduce people's struggle and reduce people's suffering. And that is the driving force behind all my work, but it's even the driving force behind all my hobbies of like rescuing birds and (laughs) hanging out on Reddit, answering people's really specific questions about things. Whatever I'm doing, it's, it's normally motivated by like, how can I reduce suffering? And how can I, I guess, like reflecting on my own early experiences, how can I stop people feeling things that I've felt that I never want to feel again? So that's kind of, it is, it's like, that's the big thing on our to-do list because that takes so much of us, our energy, our time, our hearts, but it also fills us back up if it's working right. It's why we do this. Like it's literally, it's why we do this. And it's, it's, if, if I ever feel lost in my business, like be coming back to work after my winter break, my mental health was just not in a good place. I think the trauma of last year and my health, like I stopped working for three weeks and it all just caught up with me. And I really wasn't in a very good headspace coming back to work. I, my mental health like felt the lowest it's felt for a very long time. And it was really interesting because that first day of getting back into work and being in Voxer with clients and being like in Slack again with your simple and spacious business. It's like I came back to life. It was like being in service and being in the work reminded me who the hell I am. And so it's like, whenever I feel lost in my business, the route back is the people that we're serving and the people that were like the journeys that we get to go on with people and like, and yeah and so it just for any lessons if you ever feel lost in your business like go back to to where the magic really happens and to the ways you're of service and to the ways that you know that your work matters and then as a side note like Sarah and I ultimately have the businesses we have today and have been in the arena for so long because of word of mouth like the reason that our businesses continue to thrive is because people tell other people about the work we do and how it impacts them and so there's also this this magical side effect of like it's so easy to chase like um like fancy flashy marketing tactics but word of mouth is truly the the most beautiful effective uh, like do good work and more work will come your way is the biggest lesson i've learned so even just a side effect of showing up and pouring into clients and your offerings is like also that supports your business to thrive more than anything too it's just quieter than having like a real go viral or something but I think it has more of an impact on our business in the long run. It's so much more sustainable. And yeah, I, I never understand anyone who wants, has that goal of like, sometimes I'll have people who be like, can you tell me like how to hack the algorithm on Instagram? And I'm like, we can talk about that for sure. But like, don't you want to be known for the quality of your work, not just for getting like the variables correct on the right day? Because <laughs> then that's, yeah, that that's that's what you've achieved instead of like, you have something amazing and then you use those variables to get it into the right people, people's hands and minds. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole episode. If someone wants to send us in a question around that subject, please do. Cause I feel like we could do a whole episode on like going deeper, not wider in our marketing. Yeah. And how, like, yeah. And, and the actual real, like the wins that you get from doing that. Cause it can take a lot of courage. I think when you see everyone else going really hard at the TikTokification yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time, you really built a relationship with someone just from seeing their reel. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like when I think of the people whose work that I am a true fan of and have followed for years, I'm listening to their podcasts, I'm reading their newsletters, I'm watching their long form YouTube videos. It's not because they're f- flashing, actually going on Instagram lives is like a big goal of mine this year. Like it just doesn't bring me joy. But like, 
it's great like obviously it's great for growth and like sharing your ideas i'm not like crapping on like creating like short form content because it works of course it does but short form content without long form content for someone to go deeper that is that I think would be a risk in a business. Yes. And well, and there's probably people it does work for and there's probably niches it does work for, but I think the people we're talking to here are going to be mostly fairly aligned with us and feel that it doesn't really work for us. I've, you know, I, I have to keep reminding myself of this, that like, we are now like the old people. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we're the ones who are like, oh, in my day, Instagram was just pictures. And um, <laughs> like, we're we're like a generation above the ones who are like experiencing the new social media so mm. who knows like it definitely seems to work on my daughter it makes her want to buy everything when she sees it and she totally <laughs> adores people based on their reels or whatever but yeah for me it's not enough and in fact that's that's one of the gaps and it's kind of one of the goals I've got for this year because I don't feel like I am refilling my connection and my list of people whose content I'm loving because I'm not having like those those people introduced me in the same way as I was before mm. because I was having a different mix of content and I think that requires me to be more intentional seeking out people yeah. whose content I can dive deep into because it is still out there it's just maybe we have to do more of the legwork yeah for sure should we is that is that number two of your goals is that like one is that one of your official of our five here um it might be it's on the short list we'll see how far I get <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to say my next one yeah go on okay so this is really specific but like on my list was like navigating my launches in a way that feels really good so me simple just business which is my flagship group program i launch that three times a year and like those launches are how this program is financially viable like i do a launch i welcome people in it creates revenue like an injection of revenue and like recurring revenue when someone picks a payment plan and without those launches this program wouldn't thrive and your simple spacious business tends to be like it's a big chunk of my annual income now since i launched this program and i find launching both really fun and also really 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 exhausting exhausting in the sense of like the truth I've always found is the more energy I put into a launch, the better the outcome of the launch in terms of sales. So the more pre-marketing I do, the more lead up content I do, the more I do through the launch, the more the better the outcome of the launch. However, that sounds great on paper, but that's then trading your energy for that outcome. Mm. What happens when you don't have all that energy to, cause, because you're also launching while also delivering everything you're already delivering anyway. Yeah, yeah it's exp an expensive so way to do it yeah it's and so so last year i had three launches of the program one i kept really gentle and low-key came in a lot slower one i gave in more energy came in a lot stronger as a launch another one i gave kind of like middle ground that came in pretty strong so like i can see that how the income is affected by how much energy i put in and also when you're launching the same program over and over again how do you stop repeating yourself every launch? Do you know, like, like I am going into my sixth launch of this program this month and then I'll be doing my seventh and my eighth throughout the year too. And it's like, how do I keep launching this beautiful program of mine in a way that feels good, in a way that feels fresh, in a way that supports it to still thrive without burning myself out? Like, I feel like this is the year where I'm really like being in dialogue with the launch side of my business brain, like what I want to experiment with, but also how I don't there's so much launch advice out there and there's so much launch advice of like here's how I made 20 million trillion dollars in my launch yeah like, yeah like I'm not I'm not even interested in that but it's like there's so much launch advice and tactics out there and it's incredibly overwhelming 
and I always want to do it in my own way but I feel like this year I'm really gonna experiment with how do I keep it fresh but also how do I keep it human for myself too and I I don't I'm gonna answer that in the doing this year but my big desire for the year around that is like I want to give the launches my version of 100% and support them to thrive but I want to feel good while doing it in terms of both energetically but also creatively fulfilled by it and I think I'm just going to figure that out each launch and see what feels good and see what I learn does that make sense completely and by sharing that journey that's going to be so exciting for people to follow along because I think it's a need so many of us have like yeah you're right there's formulas out there for like if you have limitless energy and time this is how to make as much money as possible from an from a launch especially if you don't mind selling out on all of your values and morals <laughs> and that's only useful to a point but what about the rest of us in the real world like how do we launch around those things and it's so individual but I'm excited to kind of see you unpack it and, and find the right formula for you and I also think it's like that's what the program needs to keep thriving like do you know what I mean like like it's a program about building and running a simple and spacious business so if I'm not launching it in a simple and yeah, spacious yeah then you'll start space, to be the, a fraud or feel like one yeah it's all yeah and also I think attracting my goal is never to attract as many as people as possible it's to attract the right people at the right time for them and I just if launching I've chosen a business model where live launching is an essential piece of that business model so how do I keep doing it in a way that feels good and also like keeping it fresh even just for myself like yeah so I I will share I'm sure I will share lots of behind the scenes if that's interesting for everyone because I really am keeping my eye out at the moment for launch content that's a lot more human low-key gentle sustainable rather than just like do this webinar sequence and then have this free part like anyone that says in their marketing advice like how to tap into pain points i'm like i'm out i'm not interested i'm not interested in these pain points tapping into yeah yeah okay well i'm excited we need this content so please please share okay well tell me what is your second desire or goal for the year in your business and life my second one this is like the most important thing I want to change is I'm literally just calling it create every day I just want to make something every single day this feels like one of the biggest things that's dropped off for me as my health and my energy have got worse it's so easy for the soft things to slip off our to-do list you know in favor of the big things like replying to emails and booking in new people and all of that jazz so the thing that's really slipped for me is that just that time to create and that was the driving force for everything I've ever built online was just play and having fun with writing having fun with my photography having fun with video having fun with like aesthetics I'm someone who is so lit up Mm. and driven by beauty and by the way that aesthetics can change how I feel and change how I live so going back into that and just letting it go wherever it wants to go so it's like okay I'm going to make sure I at least take a picture a day or write a paragraph of something that feels like it's in flow for me today or something and yeah it feels like kind of one of those like new year's resolutions it's just a treat for me it's just a reminder to get back to my core values but I also can see already how that feeds into my business because it feeds into that bottom level like just the visibility and that's I know we're going to talk about that because I, I know you know it's on my list for elsewhere for this year like I think there's been a real pulling back for me in visibility over the years a lot a loss of trust in like the amorphous everyone 
on the internet, like a loss of trust in people to receive people's work as it's intended. And um, getting back to that and just being like, I'm just going to put stuff out because I love it. I'm just going to make things because I love them and let the people who love the world like I do find it and connect with me that way. So it feels, yeah, it just feels really aligned and like it's going to fill my tanks, which is a good thing. I feel like really emotional listening to you say that because like I know I know how hard I, I I've been with you in the pulling back yeah thing, right? I've seen and I just and that's your that's your gift like your like the the whole reason this all started off for you was because of these beautiful photos that you shared on Instagram over a decade ago right like yeah like that's what this all started from like you are a creative storyteller like that's who you are and I just think that's so beautiful the because because by claiming it like okay I want to create something every day or like just be in your creative like be in dialogue with your creativity every day like by putting it on the table that's how it becomes truth and I just I'm so excited for you it feels like a reclamation to me hearing you say that like a reclamation of your true self and your true creative spirit and I think people are going to be so happy to have more of your creativity in the world well thank you and hopefully but of course it's okay if they're not I suppose and there's something in that there's like if you create for yourself well this is my experience of it if I create for myself once I have made something I love I can't help but want to share it like the fuel Mm. comes from the creation I'm like this I need to put this out Heather like it needs it needs something it needs like sharing the energy of that but if I create to share that is a much more difficult like process and there's so much more resistance for me and there's so much self-judgment and kind of you know you get in your own way it's really hard to finish anything that you're creating with everyone else in mind because it's so easy to get sucked into like trying to people please the entire internet and Mm. predicting negative responses and all that stuff I talk to so many people about this so many clients have exactly this issue so for me the switch is I'm just going to create it for me because I can trust that when it's right that desire to share is just natural and resistance free and fun and feels really um yeah just feels really self-propelling and it's Mm. maybe it sounds like a very small shift but internally for me it's a really big shift I think that's a huge shift and I also think you just hit on something very true there is like and it's so funny because what I'm about to say is my third thing is kind of the opposite of this but I want to bring it back to it because the third thing on like my desires and goals for the year so have you heard there's like this I think oh god what's the guy called who came up with it it's called a thousand true fans and it's kind of do you not remember the guy who made it let me see I googled it before I went because I wanted to okay it's called Kevin Kelly and he came up with the thousand true fans theory which is if you can attract a thousand people who are like true fans of your work you'll always thrive in your business because you'll always have people who really connect to what you do now I will be honest I hate the phrase fans like that sounds incredibly (laughs) close to me but I will say that I think I don't have a massive audience like I've never built like to like the hundreds tens of thousands amount of people but I've had a business that's thrived for many years because I focused on being a hell yes person for the small amount of people like for that smaller like a thousand people who my work really truly feels like a hell yes for and I feel like heading into this next chapter of my business I kind of want to go back to that beginner energy again of like well what if I focused over the next say five years what if I focus over the next five years of attracting like a thousand hell yes people into my world like into my content into the work that I do so that I'm like 
making it easy for the people that my work can be really supportive and encouraging for to like know that I'm there and it's interesting because the the trap there that I think a lot of like marketing advice and content creation advice it's all and and very understandably it's all focused on the reader and like what their needs are and how to create for them but what happens is sometimes it's the opposite of what you were just talking about because if you're creating so much for other people how much of yourself do you kind of lose in that process and so and you've just so you really inspired me there because like I do I feel like I want to kind of have that beginner energy again and like how I can really hear how nasal I am right now so forgive me everyone but like I really (laughs) I really want to be like okay, what if I just like focus on putting my best work out there, sharing stories that feel meaningful to me and just being of value and being of service through my content like I always have been. Because I would say over the past like, at least like four to five years, I've mostly focused on creating for the people already in my orbit. Like I don't yeah. do a lot of like outward growth stuff. And it's not even that I'm going to try and like do a lot of big outward growth, but just say to myself like, Jen, like just focus on like attracting more of those like hell yes people. But from what you share, it's like, but not only do it from a place of, ple- I don't, it's not like I want to please it. It's like, what if I just share what's true for me and I share the lessons I've learned and I share my insights and I share myself and let the right people come on in and not do it in a way where I'm trying to like, and I've never done it like this, but just to remind myself, like, we're not hustling for our self-worth out here. We're yeah, not trying to convince people yeah. that we're worth our time. We're basically saying like, let me share my magic with the world. And if it's right for you, come on in and I'll do it from an informed place of like you know like my desires to be of supportive for other people but it's yeah I think what you said is really true because if we're only creating for a place of people pleasing we lose ourselves in the process yeah and and it's it's one of those things it's a useful skill set to dip into like if you have a particular kind of lever you want to pull in your business of course it's useful to know what are the things you can write about that people will respond to like always but you still have to have the it's it's kind of like leadership energy to to go into directions that you've mm. not tested, that you've got no evidence for that will work, that you've got like no reason to think anyone will care about, but you care. So that's enough to give you, you know, the the motivation to create it or write about it or put it out there in whatever way you make your work. And some of the time you will throw that spaghetti at the wall and it just slides straight off and it's, you know, no one mm-hmm. cares. But every now and again, one piece of it is magic and that's what you need. And and the quieter content, like I feel like we've lost that art. It was not that long ago, really, that people put their stuff on the internet just for the love of making it. You know, like people would make art and just put it on the internet. Do you remember like fan sites and people would mm. like make drawings of their favorite characters from books and like comic strips and fan fiction and fanzines this is a very particular niche I'm talking about but like there was never any expectation of going viral or making money from it or anything it was just for the love of that thing and that's what Instagram started at no one was posting their pictures on Instagram expecting to make money no one was putting their stuff on YouTube expecting to make money And then it's shifted to this business model. And now I feel like all the content we see and most of the content we produce has that goal somewhere in mind of like, I could leverage this, this could turn into a business, this could get me more sales, this could improve my business. So where do you go for the content that is just created by passion and love and desire to kind of share and connect? Um, It's hard to find, but I think it's because of that, 
it it's like gold dust it's magical and if you if you can put it into your work ironically enough it will do all those other things but you can't let that be the motivator yeah yeah because then you lose yourself in it you know what i mean then you just become like a uh, in this age we're about to enter an age where ai is going to be is already but is going to be writing a lot of content yeah. marketing yeah so the only thing we have in the face of that is our humanness. Like that is the only yeah. thing that separates us from AI is our humanness and our stories and the ways we pour ourselves in. And also if you want to attract in human beings into your offerings and containers or services or products, whatever you sell, who like, who are the right fit for you, the more of your humanness you put into your quote unquote marketing, I think the more you attract the right people inside as well. Completely, completely. And I think that completely explains the success of platforms like Substack that, you know, we didn't really see coming because as all the content spiral gets like more and more engagement and people pleasing driven, and then more and more AI created, like that human connection selected for you by you, like human curation and human collect connection and human creativity you're willing to pay a premium to get that without all the noise without having to troll through your instagram algorithm to find what you want without having to like you know go on a news website and the headlines are dictated by what gets the most clicks rather than you know what are the most important stories like to be able to have something where that's not the motivating goal like on substack is really refreshing and is like feels like a relief i think yeah for sure Okay, what is your third desire or goal for this year? Um, I just did my second. Did you you did your second? You did. I did my third, so I, yeah, okay, I just did my third. Sorry, I felt like I was taking over. <laughs> so my third kind of flows from that, which is what I said about being more visible. My word for the year is open. This idea of being just open, sharing openly, but also being open to new ideas and opportunities and just open-minded, open-hearted. And for me, I think that's going to be things like showing up more on my Substack, writing more personal content, maybe more kind of lifestyle-ish content, not just mining into the seams of things that I know people know me for or want me for, but going back to what I did early in my business, which was just a really kind of open willingness to share and show up because I do feel like I've kind of closed myself off over the years. And a lot of it has just been like reactivation of very old trauma in me that's made me feel defensive and protective and like it's not safe for me to share. But I know it is safe for me to share and I know I have things in place that keep me safe. So it's kind of like rebuilding my trust with the internet, rebuilding my trust with not my audience because I know my audience and I know the people I work with and I have like such a beautiful relationship with them but it's that wider sphere of the world like the wider sphere of the internet yeah like leading with my values of like people are fundamentally good instead of this fear that people are fundamentally assholes (laughs) who want to who want to hurt everybody yeah it's it's, this is like nervous system work for you right like this is this is you this 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 is just such deeper, beautiful work. And I love that your word is open. Like I, there's this really beautiful thing as well. This is really weird tangent, but so I, I'm really lucky that some of my like closest friendships that I've made in adulthood were actually 
people who were clients. So there's you, there's my friend Kate, there's my friend Kat. Like there's people who were once clients of mine and now we're very good friends. And this thing about being friends with people who also have an internet presence is that sometimes I like read something that a friend like writes for their Substack, for example, or a podcast episode, and I get to know them deeper in the way that they express themselves through their work. And then I text them and say, oh, I read this thing you wrote. And this is like, and I can't wait to text you this year after you've published something and be like, I feel closer to you because I saw your creativity in action. Like, I think it's, does that make sense? Like sometimes I, it's really beautiful to see the people you love and support, like their creativity come to life. Yeah. And I know for you, like you, like you said, like you, 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 you've been more reserved the past few years and it's just, I think it's really brave of you to put open as your word for the year and, and want to lean into more of that because there's a reason you haven't for a while in terms of like how it made you feel and and the, the nervous system response and so I just I think that's incredibly beautiful and it also just I haven't heard you say like you weren't saying this a year ago do you know no, what I mean like you not publicly no and so like for you to put that as your word for the year like I I just feel really excited for you thank you uh, yeah uh, it's it's the frustrating thing about this kind of work realistically is that it's not quick and so as much as I would have liked to have you know immediately bounced back when all of this stuff kind of reactivated me it's slow and it's painful and it's got lots of setbacks and so yeah it's taken me time to get to this place and I can't promise that by the end of the year I'll be 100% satisfied (laughs) that I've achieved it um but it's taking steps in the right direction and it's even just kind of setting the intention isn't it of like actually like and and it's the irony is, of course, that I have this conversation with so many clients and I support other people through this journey. And so often the help we really need is the help we're giving to other people because I, it's like I'm just staying in the cave because the cave is warm and safe. And I think that outside there's saber-toothed tigers. But until I actually peep my head out the cave and see, those tigers are just existing in my mind and they may well not be any tigers out there at all. And it could be a beautiful day and I'm missing out on it by staying in the cave. So it's time to, to yeah. at least put my head out yeah and I love what you said like it's never it's not like by December 31st you have to have created like x amount of pieces of content or art like that's just like sometimes it's okay to have like loose open goals that are like this is what my desire is but whatever it's meant to be this year specifically will unfold as the year goes on definitely and because you can't force this kind of work like I, I can force myself to show up but I can't force myself to do it with genuine openness until it feels right and safe and actually you mm-hmm. risk re-traumatizing yourself or you know reinforcing those those fears or those those kind of reactions so it's got to be done it's got to be done in the right way and that's my goal yeah well I'm going to relate so my last two desires and goals for the year are, they're not similar in terms of what they are but they're similar in like that kind of like they're messier they have no direct deadline They've, I've got to ease into them gently <laughs> so first one is this year I want to learn Figma which is basically like I think it describes itself as like a design interface tool so basically I want to teach myself to be a UI UX designer and you're all like what are you talking about Jen this is incredibly <laughs> left field but so one of my big long-term ambitions and goals is to build and run a SaaS product with my husband I have a idea for a SaaS product it's something you need to that just but you need use- to just tell us all what all your acronyms with. mean <laughs> So SaaS is software as a service. So basically everything that we run our business with Sarah is SaaS. So like 
flow desk is SaaS and like our calendar tools are SaaS. Like everything that we use to run our business is like software as a service. Like the things that we pay like a monthly fee for basically, mm-hmm. like any software we use. And I have a SaaS product that I've been using in my business for years that has never been like exactly what I want it to be. I'm not going to tell you all what it is yet because because I'm going to keep my idea to myself, but I'll tell you all when it's created. And I've had... Yeah, Sarah knows. So I have this idea. Of course, Sarah knows. Nothing happens in my life about Sarah knows. I tell you everything. But like, I have this product that I want to create with my so and I because I had this idea in my mind of like literally one of my other like business besties texted me this morning because she was having tech issues with her version of this and she was like I can't wait till you make yours Jen because it's going to be so much better <laughs> and I was like so my like big long-term like career goal really is to create SaaS and to create this product that I want to create and I actually have two tech products I want to create. I have this SaaS product that I want to create that's kind of for business owners. And I also have an app that I want to create. The idea came to me a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not, I can't tell you all about it because I'll give the whole idea away, but it's like an app that exists in lots of formats, but this is a format that I haven't seen exist before. Basically I'm creating tech products that I wish existed. I'm creating the ones I wish existed in the world. Also, I'm, I'm literally saying this is someone with absolutely no skill set for this yet. It is literally like, this is my big ambition and dream. And I'm literally starting, not even at step one, I'm starting at like minus 10 at this point. But the first steps that need to happen for this to happen is I need to learn Figma and teach myself UI and UX design so that I can design SaaS products and like apps in Figma. And my husband, he also has like some basic coding skill sets, but he is going to take some developer training so that he can be a software developer. And our big like long-term business career goals is to build out this SaaS product and this little app that we want to create. And so this year, my big goal is I want to end the year just being like literate in Figma. I want to know how to use Figma. I want to understand, like, I want to take a UI and UX design course. Like I want to teach myself this new skill set. And I would love, 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 love to end the year. My big stretch goal for the year is to end the year with version one of that app, like the first like interface version of it created in Figma. I don't know if that is like too big of a goal I don't know if I just got the home page designed and figure at the end of the year but this is like my big desire and goal for the year is to like teach myself this new skill set and start working so we're going to start on the smaller project first before we go into like the bigger SaaS projects because that's going to be this is like years in the making this is not happening anytime soon but these are like I want to tiptoe into my long-term goals a little bit this year and even just just learn Figma take the course understand the platform start playing around on there so that is like my big scary goal for the year because it's literally nothing I've ever done before I mean, obviously I design my own websites and stuff like that and like I design my own workbooks and slides but I've never done anything in this capacity but um I believe in myself enough like I trust myself to learn and build yeah. a skill set and figure it out it's scary but it's, it's exciting. I'm excited so that and it's what I find really fascinating is like I think most people's process would be so I'm going to hire someone to build my idea and you're like no I am gonna learn how to build my idea myself it's so you because you do not like to outsource any of the making you like to do the making <laughs> but and, and it's a much slower way of doing it but it's going to be all yours and it's going to give you like a hands-on control of it that you just wouldn't have the other way around and of course like financially it's going to it's going to eventually be a lot cheaper for you to make these things because it'll just be your your skills and your time instead of having to kind of pay a freelancer to do it all for you 
Yeah. And I, and I'm gonna, it's gonna be awful. Like, I'm gonna be awful at Figma for a long time until I learn it and figure it out. But I feel so what the, the, I said to Sarah, I was like, oh, the last question we'll do today is like, where do we want to be five years from now? And so like, I'll go into this more in like that section and like how that's guiding like the decisions I'm making this year. But, you know, when I look at like I've done, I think maybe you feel the same way, Sarah, here, like in my business, I've already done more than I ever dreamed I could do in terms of like the amount of clients I've worked with and just like the stability of the income I've made and the different things I've created and brought to life. And like, I'm 31 years old. Like I've still got a lot of working decades ahead of me. And when, if you follow the road down from the type of businesses we've built, Sarah, the next steps is like, it seems to be like you people just go from here and to try and have like world domination, like build a bigger email list and sell more of their courses and make more money. And honestly, like none of that appeals to me. I have no desire to become like a big internet online business entrepreneur, but also I don't want to stand still and stay stagnant and not grow. And also, and I'll talk about this when we talk about where we want to be five years from now, like I do want to create income like me and my husband like we're just going to be this husband and wife team figuring out like we want to create income for our our household that isn't reliant on my delivery every single day and I want to build something ultimately that we can sell because like in terms of like if you build SaaS up to a certain place, you can sell the SaaS at some point and that's going to hopefully support our retirement plans. <laughs> so it's like we, when I'm looking to the future of my business, the thing that energizes, I, with my actual business as it is now, in terms of Jen Carrington, the business guide, all the stuff that I do, I don't want it to get any bigger. Like I actually would, and I'll talk about this more in the five years from now, being like, I actually would love it at some point to be able to get smaller mm. and even more intimate and even more calmer. The thing that excites me in terms of growth is like building a skill set that I really admire in others, like the, the design skill set and building something that's bigger than me and that isn't my face all over the front of it. And I don't know, like it's probably going to take us years, but I'm probably going to weep the day that I have like this finished app made and this finished SaaS product made because it just feels like I'm so passionate about it and I'm so excited for it. And yeah, and you know me, like I was never going to outsource this. I was going to learn. Yeah. This. And I mean, I'm sure there's parts of it that we'll outsource, but we want to learn the skills ourselves. So yeah, it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah. And, and that beginning mindset, like getting back into like letting yourself be new at something and bad at something is so valuable. All of it. Like I think, I think kind of the what do you call it like the uh, what's the word for like the benefits that you just kind of get on the side for like oh like, oh god oh god, the benefit, like oh god side benefit I don't know what's the word yeah there was <laughs> oh my god uh yeah but anyway those like side benefits that you will get from that whole process on their own are going to transform your business and transform the way you work I think and it's so interesting that so many of the people that I talk to who are kind of more veterans of this work online like we are like you know 10-ish years maybe maybe longer are feeling this pull to be less visible and less the center of their brand and more want it to be something that's sustainable without them having to to give so much of themselves so much of the time because I don't think it is sustainable for forever in any form of work so I think it's really sensible to have that as your goal as well as inspiring. Yeah I guess for you that's kind of like have I made up that like the dream is for you to like the French house is gonna be its own like you could run retreats there or you could run it out like I feel like for you the French house is your version of that yeah and one of the goals like my husband is way more sociable than me so there's always been part of a goal of like what if we could like have some sort of business that was sort of semi-accommodation based and he could have 
that side of it where he could be meeting people and greeting people and I could be doing kind of the the more gathering side of it and bringing people together to, to do this creative work, some of it in person. So yeah, I think there's going to be a shift. I'd love there to be a shift in that direction for me in the long term in the same way that it, it won't require as much of me d- daily and directly, but it also will give us that community and that connection in a really nourishing way I think that would be really beautiful but also so much of my work is always going to be online because I'm obsessed with the internet and I love the internet Mm. and I always want there to be space for me to just whatever I'm excited about at the moment to share that with people and hopefully get them excited about it as well um and just yet to find new ways of helping in fact one of my friends is a GP and the other day she was like Sarah I think you should train as a psychotherapist and I was like has never occurred to me but now I really want to do it so that's not like on my long-term <laughs> list although it's it's a long study to get there um but yeah so I think for me the motivation is going to be always community and connection and helping and it's that's mm. what I want more of in my business but in a way that yeah extracts less and that makes me less vulnerable to mm. like the whims of random people I think I want that for all of us I was on like an Etsy forum the other day and there were so many sellers dealing with just horrible people in their inbox who misread you know misread listings and then demand refunds and complain about them and leave negative reviews and just ruin their week and I just think I don't want this for any of us there's got to be a better way than having to just deal with these idiots day after day just to do the work we love and make the money we need Hi, I'm so curious. What is your fourth desire or goal for 2024? Does that feed into any of it? So yeah, this one for me is, again, it kind of came from doing the year compass and reflecting on what had really worked for me in the past year and what I wanted to do more of. And it so much of what I had achieved was by doing things in small chunks, by like breaking things down and giving myself permission to do things in a really staggered staged way instead of having to do them in the big binges that I'm necessarily used to doing when I had more energy or more capacity to work that way and that really feeds into my program that I've had for a few years called 15 minute magic which is based on the idea that you can do 15 minutes a day no matter what your life looks like and you can actually if you do if you go from doing nothing but procrastinating to doing 15 minutes of solid action on something in a day you will actually see huge momentum and huge gains in your work so I think I'm bringing 15 minute magic back a lot of the prompts in it were based on things like Twitter and Instagram which have really shifted in the last couple of years since I last had it on sale so rebuilding that reshaping that but also applying those principles again to myself it's so funny isn't it that we teach things and then we do things and they gradually slide out of our kind of daily practice so just bringing it back because it's so helpful to me you know, if you've got like five things you want to work on and you give each of those 15 minutes in a week, even the progress you can see, the way you can build on previous weeks and build that momentum is really, is really astounding. And I think I've been stuck in this narrative for a little while now of like, I can't, my body's really holding me back and so much of like, I can't do this and I can't do that. And looking at other people's capacity and feeling a little bit sorry for myself and the chunking, the 15 minute magic for me is a reminder that actually like, what I can do in 15 minutes can like mm. can like blow everybody else out of the water with what they're doing in their three hours if I bring my magic and if I do it my way so yeah sharing that using that power and sharing that power and reminding other people that they have it too that's one of my goals 
I that's your magic like what you can do in 15 minutes and I think it's such a great reminder because we can be like oh I I like for me with the Figma thing like I'm gonna have to carve out time to work on this and it'd be really easy for me and also my next my last thing which is about a writing project like it's really easy if you're like well I don't have a three hour block in my yeah. calendar to work on this thing so what's the point I was like yeah but do I have 15 minutes yeah do can I, I like s- I sit on the closed toilet lid because it's the only room where I won't get disturbed and just type it in my phone exactly. notes or like yeah before I go into work in the morning like can I snatch 15 minutes there whatever your life looks like exactly just letting go of the perfectionism and letting go of the idea of how we think it should look and be and just accepting what we have and and using that let it be messy and just yeah yeah well my last one I'm gonna take your 15 minute magic for this so my last one this is really scary but I want to start writing a novel this year I have this is but like I I mean I feel like it's such a cliche thing to say everyone wants to write a novel right but this has been something I've wanted to do for so long and I actually have like I have a title I have a story in mind like I just I need to write my outline and then it's not like I'm not even harboring any desires for this to be any good enough yet to show anyone but it's that creative dream that I'm like if I don't do this I'm gonna really be pissed off at myself for not doing this like for not at least and also it's like this is creative like I used to write a lot as a kid like I used to write little books and like that was like my thing and then I just stopped I think I must have had an experience where someone criticized it or something must have happened where I just said to myself you're not good enough to do this and then I stopped writing fiction and I obviously write a lot all the time now in terms of my business, but I don't write any from fiction. And I just, I want to start doing, I think it would be really joyful for me in like 15 minute blocks just to write some of this novel and just work on it. And I have, my ambition isn't even like by the end of the year, I want the whole thing done. I just like, I'm just like, just start writing it in little increments and like work on it because sometimes you just have to honor a desire without even having to justify why it's a desire. And without having expectations of where it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to have, especially, you know, for the past three years, I've been raising my kid, like the first three years of parenthood. I'm don't, I'm sure you're going to tell me like, yeah, it doesn't get any easier from here, but like, all I can say from my own experience, like the first three years are mm-hmm. so intense. Like you, you give so much of yourself to this little person and not much is left for yourself. And like, literally when he goes to bed, I'm just on the sofa watching yes. TV because yes. my brain, or reading a book because my brain's just like, done for the day I mean it was done for the day by 2 p.m usually and so it's like it feels like a reclamation of myself a little bit this year to just work on something joyful and see if it's meant to be anything so I'm gonna use your 15 minute magic approach to for both of them really for the figma and the novel because they're gonna be squeezed in around like my health and my business and my life and motherhood so I'm very grateful for that reminder of the 15 minute approach and I'm so excited. I mean, this is probably not what you want to do at all, but I have this thought of writing fiction and like just putting it up on Substack bit by bit, like, you know, just throwing it out there. You could even do it anonymously potentially, couldn't you? But like, Ooh, imagine yeah, as a reader, yeah. like being there as new chapters come out and the excitement of like, oh my God, the new chapter's up, like, what is it? And then getting to comment and oh my gosh, I love it. It's kind of like, it exists <laughs> in like fandom world already, but to yeah there's like there's there's really fun things that we can do if we just yeah yeah, start to create and and play again and I feel like that's kind of an overarching theme for me this year so I'm really excited to to see how that goes for you it's inspiring makes me want to do my writing too yeah I want you to do your it's just it's just it's just play isn't it it's like yeah we've got to make the money and deliver our work and like 
feed our children and like do all the things that keep our life functioning. But there has to be space for play and just following desires and curiosity. Because if not, then the the business itself runs out of life. Like we're the life, if we're the life force of the business, if we're not fully alive in us, like in our own journeys, sooner or later it drains energy from the business too. And then drains energy from us and all. Like, like we've got to, some seasons are just for surviving and just doing the best we can, but it's like, it's also okay to want to put a bit of creative space on the table too sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think actually in the years that challenges to just survive so much, which I think a lot of people have just been through I think the last year has been one of the hardest years for a lot of people in in creative business in general they just that all that stuff all that play that creativity it, it kind of we shove it out of the way because we can't afford to waste time and and we, I interviewed my friend Helen for the Substack Square podcast and one of the things that I really came away with from that she's an illustrator and part of her workflow is to do things wrong like she mm. draws and then she hates it and she has to throw it away and that could be hours of work but of course you can't if you hate it there's no point sticking with it and she recognizes that that is part of the process of getting the version of it that she loves down the line mm. and I think we have to all be willing to do that in all of our creative endeavors because what I see so much as a coach is people who are like tell me the answer the right answer so I can do it first try because I can't afford to either waste the time of messing up or to face the feelings of failure that messing up will bring me. So how do I get it right first time? And of course you, you can't, you can't know until you try if it's going to be right. So then we stay paralyzed in, in action. Yeah. So just get opening that up and being like, Hey, what if I just mess about? What if I just finger paint? What if I just learn and try for the sake of learning and trying? I love that. Yeah. I business creativity it all only gets figured out like when you're in the arena of it and it's easy for us to say this because two reasons number one we've been in the arena of our business for so long but also you and I spend the majority of our working hours in the arena with our clients so we are yeah. like our muscle memory is so strong because we walk it through ourselves we walk it through each other and our own friendship and our friendships and we walk it through with our clients and so I actually can say with like very good confidence from us both that like we we're okay with that messy middle like if it feels messy for you if you feel like you're figuring it out if you feel like it's I actually recorded a podcast episode for my show the other week called like every year of entrepreneurship is a leap of faith like every year is a leap of faith of believing in yourself and your ability to figure it out as you go and to navigate the highs and lows and just if it feels like that for you like that's because it should do like like I said we're 10 years in and we're still figuring out what the hell we want and like where we're going with this and yeah I I thought it would be really so one of the things that helps me I think I'm not a mistake I think sometimes something that holds us back in our entrepreneurial journeys is by only focusing on what we can achieve right now by being like what can I achieve this month this quarter this next year and we kind of just put like it's like that thing like there's so much we can achieve in like a decade but we expect ourselves to achieve it in a year and then we kind of feel like we're failing and so I was like something I found really empowering is to ground myself into like my long-term vision like where do I want to be five years from now and how are the choices I'm making this year honoring that because I wondered for listeners as you embark on this year and you think about what you want to work towards I guess my encouragement is think big picture because you're going to do beautiful things this year I hope you'll have a beautiful life this year and have joy 
and all the good stuff but also it's just one year and it doesn't have to solve every single problem in your business and life and I've just found it really grounding recently to be connected to like my five 10 years feels a bit too big for me but like a five-year vision feels good to me and and then how I'm honoring that this year and honoring the season I'm in right now so I thought it would be fun Sarah to kind of share how our five what our five-year visions are and how we're choosing to honor those five-year visions this year does that make sense so and we've kind of touched a little bit on both of ours I guess but go ahead and tell us about yours well I feel like I've yeah I feel like none of it's going to surprise anyone now because I've it's obvious now how my desires and goals for this year are fueling my long-term vision so work-wise obviously as I've shared I want to create our SaaS product and the app we want to create I hope five years from now like they're up and running they're making good money like we've built that side of the business that we want to build and as for my own business I guess I I just want whatever I'm doing to feel meaningful and joyful and purposeful and I hope I hope I share this right and this doesn't sound wrong but like I hope I'm able to ask myself different questions for my business when I don't need to make as much money as I do now with my business which is probably an unexpected thing to hear someone say but like my business is the breadwinning is I'm the breadwinner for me and Sarah are both the breadwinners for our family right like our businesses on make the majority of our household income and that's a certain type of thing you have to ask from your business to do that. There's a certain amount yeah. of money we have to make just to, you know, sustain our family life. And I'm so grateful for that because my business has allowed us to make me and my husband like very like intentional choices, especially about these early, early years of our son. But in the long run, we want to build up this SaaS product, like I mentioned, and then that, that income balance will shift more to a joint thing that we're running together. And so my hope is five years from now, if my business doesn't actually have to make the amount of money that it needs to make now, I get to ask different questions. Maybe I still want to make this amount of money. Maybe I actually want to do less and make less money. Like, I don't know what the answer is going to be, but I want to be in a place where I can ask a different question in my business and see what comes out of that. Does that make any sense, Sarah? Yeah, it completely does. And and it's that's as specific as we can ever really get, if we're being honest, I think, because you can't know exactly what your wants will be but you want to give yourself the freedom to explore them when they reveal themselves and it's just a different place to run a business from it's a place i've never really been able to run my business from to ask myself like if if i'm building out an additional income stream a new business basically that will have you know and and so and the 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 ceiling's limitless like lim- like with with a sass yeah. if you know what i mean like it's and so yeah it's ultimate scalability like exactly and i and i don't have any desires to stop doing what i'm doing it's just i'll be really curious to be able to ask myself different questions when it's imagine how i imagine people feel if you have like a high earning partner and you your business doesn't have to make like the majority of the household income like you can ask yourself different questions and you and i just haven't you you and i just aren't able to do that because we are the breadwinners for our family and it is a certain level of leadership i think our business asks of us because there's no financial safety net outside of us if that makes sense yeah definitely it's all and it's you know there's yeah there's there's no there's there's always a bottom line that we can't cross there's always kind of you know we've got to yeah definitely I I totally see that and and it's exciting it's giving yourself like just ultimate freedom and yet still your goal is how can I be of service to people doing this work yeah and make it easier for them yeah I want to make something that helps you run your businesses with more ease and more just yeah and then the only so five years and I'm like the big the big the is linchpin the word the big thing that's probably going to define the next five years and beyond is whether we decide to have another baby 
which, mm. which I want to be honest about because honestly, like I wish we spoke about family for those of us who have children or choose to have children or want to try and have children because as an IVF parent, I know it's not always, I don't even know if we could have a second child, even if we chose to try. And I really don't, I, right now, my guess is that we're not going to try and have a second child, but we have embryos. So we have a choice to try if we wanted to at some point, because my son was conceived through an IVF cycle. And I really don't know what decision we're making. And it kind of haunts me on a daily basis. Yeah, And that feels, I would like in five years to have made a definitive decision. That's how I feel and about be happy it. Happy, happy. I think we can be at peace either way, but yeah, I would like in five years to have known because if we choose to have another child, that changes everything in terms of just structure of life and finances and everything. So I would like to have made that decision. I would like to be financially in a place where we're completely debt free. We have a little bit of like very manageable debt now that just needs paying off, and also just student loans need paying off, and then just very actively saving for retirement and the future. Like that feels like a big goal. Five years from now that we're very set in that season of like okay these are our retirement accounts and these are all the different things that we're doing um and then my little side dream is like yeah I hope maybe I'm writing fiction five years from now maybe I actually wrote that first novel and like saw if I wanted to do anything with it that like creatively feels like a dream a desire that I would like to honor in that time frame too what about you I really love yours can I just steal yours (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting because for me I think about so I've just turned 40 and my business all started the year I turned 30. So it's like literally 10 years for mm. me. And if I think about what I achieved in those five years, that's kind of my yardstick for what's possible. And I blew my mind you completely did. with what I achieved in those five years in my 30s. Now, that's not to say that I, I have to achieve at the same scale or the same level of mind blowingness. But I, I think that's the level of like openness I want to bring mm. to the question. Like, you know, what if I can blow my mind and do absolutely anything what do I want to do? Because I can, right? You sure can. And so then it's then it's thinking, okay, well, what are the things I know for sure I want it to have and want it to look like? And I definitely see myself in France more at the house in France. So hopefully that means um, the roof no longer leaks, <laughs> you know, um, building the financial uh, resources we need to really get the house to the place where we want it to be. It definitely involves like a creative led business. And so similar to you, like thinking like, what if my writing, what if my creativity pays more of the bills on that scale level? So it's not requiring me to show up on a daily basis in that way. And it's got to have still room for whatever rabbit hole mm. my brain goes down with its passions to bring that in a way that can be of service and, and have an impact. And I, my big motivation is always just like to help mainly women, but everybody like see that all the answers they're looking for are actually the things that you already are and have like we've we've just kind of been hoodwinked into thinking that they're all external to us but actually it's always about being more yourself leaning into who you really are so finding how I do that on a scale and maybe that's books maybe that's something that doesn't even exist in my mind yet Mm. who knows but constantly just finding new ways to make that scalable and profitable and and successful like genuinely useful it's got to be useful I want it to keep working I want to make it work harder I want to make it work better um so yeah create more value in less time more value more money in less time that's my goal you know what's really interesting two things like it's really obvious how our like desires and goals for this year feed our five-year visions number one and number two the through line that we both have is scalable like scalability in terms you know what I mean like that's really interesting how we're both we've both done 10 years of trading 
our time for money in one format or another whether we do it through one-on-one work which i which i think we would both say that if we had endless energy we would do more one-on-one work it is the most fulfilling beautiful experience like i feel emotional at the like i had two calls this week and it was my last calls with those two clients and just like especially that moment when you end a working relationship with someone and just look back over the journey you went on together like it is the most beautiful fulfilling work and yet we're not humans of endless energy like there's only so much we can do and even you know with the one-to-many offers we create we still pour a lot into the individuals inside those programs there's still a lot of creativity like creation and deliverability deliverables and so it's like it's interesting for we both how like oh we're looking at like how can I continue to be of service but in a way that takes me out of the that allows me to have a bit more breathing room around my deliverability of that which I just think is I wonder if that's a through line with most people when they come up to maybe the decade point of just, you know, like we've mastered doing it on a smaller scale. We've been doing it for 10 years. You know what I mean? I think we can, yeah, we can both yeah, reason. We've given what we need to give there. Yeah. And we're still doing it. Like I have like in five years time. And I feel like I love what you said, like you blew your own mind in five years. And I think to me, because there's another part of my brain that's like, Jen, you're chronically ill. How the hell are you going to teach yourself this new? Like I could go to this place in my brain where I'm like, how are you going to teach yourself this new skill set? How are you going to build a tech company? You don't know anything about building a tech company. How are you going to write fiction? You don't know what you're doing and go round and round and round. But the energy I had when I first started my business, when I was like, what, 21 years old was just like, screw it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, let's like, yeah. let's figure it out and go for it. And I want to bring that energy into this next chapter of just like, so what? So what if the gap between where I am now and where I want to be is a whole lot of learning and skill development and experimentation and courage? I'm up for it. I'm going to go slowly. I'm going to go gently. I'm going to take damn good care of myself, but I'm up for the next adventure. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, what else are we going to do? Yeah. The time's going to pass anyway. (laughs) I'm not going anything better. I'm just going to watch Netflix. I might as well learn world domination. (laughs) That's on the table. (laughs) But it's just, it was really encouraging to hear like there's a little bit of me that feels self-conscious like sharing these big dreams I have because they sound pretty far-fetched to me but all dreams have to be far-fetched at some point right like like it was comforting that's how you know it's a dream yeah it was comforting to hearing yours too because I think it's uh this is why I love the five-year question because the one-year question I can play small in the one-year question and I think sometimes that's helpful for me because I don't ever want to overextend myself with the realities of my health but I don't a five-year question allows me to look big on the bigger picture of what could be possible yeah you're right and 10 years is too far 10 years is is unknowable for me but five years is like I can sort of see the shapes of it in the mist so if you dear listeners want to come over into the Substack post that'll be with this podcast episode if you want to share with us your five-year if you want to share with us what your desires and goals are for this year or what your five-year visions are we would love I would find it so inspiring to read yours if you want to share that with us definitely and it'd be interesting to hear like if any of the goals we've talked about today resonate with you or align with things you've done in the past or want to do in the future like yeah that conversation is so important to both of us so we'd really love to hear from you there yeah and we will be doing new episodes if you have a letter you want us to dive into please submit it the link is always with the show notes of each episode if you enjoyed these like business bestie chats and you want us to do more of these let us know you can join our paid tier if you want our behind the scenes episode every month it's like six pound fifty a month it's like the lowest ticket thing sarah and i sell on the internet i like i'm proud of myself for getting through this recording because i'm pretty like i do not feel 100 percent. like i'm like i've i've not rambled too much hopefully 
and yeah thank you for joining me in my enthusiasm for letters this year Sarah <laughs> I can't wait um thank you for providing it it's all right to lean on other people sometime right and yeah, yeah I am um, I'm here for whatever we're gonna do and I can't wait awesome well come and let us all know your desires and goals and we will hopefully be back in your podcast feed very soon send in love bye you can join us at letters from a hopeful and on social media so on instagram i'm at me and orla and you'll find me at jen carrington underscore we are going to be sharing new episodes so if you've liked what you've heard so far hit subscribe in your podcast app and be sure to leave us a review because it will help other people find the show yeah and we can't wait to connect with you soon